James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. If you'd like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is that number, 800-848-WABC. And so glad that you are here. Have that first cup of coffee with us, the second, the third one, or if you're going to even... Go beyond that. So much to talk about today. We have all kind of great stories. The gang is here. Diego's here. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I can't wait. Scott has got a bunch of stories that he is so looking forward to bring to your attention. And, of course, the usual mix of serious news and lighthearted news. And I'm wondering whether we should start with the lighthearted or with the serious. Maybe flip a coin. Okay, there's a lot of progress supposedly being made in this debt ceiling debate. Democrats and Republicans, the rank and file, are both worried that each other's opponent is going to win this out. Democrats are deciding among themselves, whether whether Joe Biden has what it takes to actually pull off a successful negotiation, and they are worried. Republicans, conservatives, if you've been following the news on this the past few days, are worried that, that they're going to be unhappy. That Kevin McCarthy, he may not be giving away the store, but he's giving away the produce and the dairy. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's a relatively close on a deal. Janet Yellen, if you believe her, yesterday said that the nation, this great nation of ours, will run out of money to pay the bills on June 5th if the debt ceiling isn't raised. If the government doesn't have permission to go borrow more money that it does not have and will probably never really repay, then we won't be able to pay the bills. Now, it was June 1st before, so apparently something's happened and we found a few extra dollars lying around. We are Memorial Day weekend, and I'm hoping that many of you are going to enjoy that weekend while remembering why we are celebrating Memorial Day. We have a special program lined up for you on Monday. James Eisenberg from Inner Block Capital will be with us. We're going to talk about things we don't usually talk about. Blockchain, crypto, what's really behind that? Things in Dubai. Dubai is where 
I'm telling you, the energy that used to be in America is now in Dubai when it comes to entrepreneurial energy. We led the tech revolution. Dubai, not America, is leading the next tech advancement in the world. And it's a, it should be a wake-up call. Plus, we have Monday planned to have Dean Carianis with us. He's the host of the History Author Channel. He used to work with me on the Rush Show. And we will talk about the origins of Memorial Day. Josh Hawley, you can find this story at the Daily BS today. Josh Hawley says that America's left has rejected our ancient faith and that that is the pinnacle of its nefarious agenda. says the left's assault on the goodness of America is an assault on God. He outlined three major threats. that the Marxist left poses to the United States. They're undermining undermining God, they're undermining the family and the idea of nationhood. And he is urging the conservative movement to defend those three bedrocks of America, God, the family, and nationhood. He says the left insists we shouldn't talk about the Bible at school board meetings, let alone in schools themselves. Again and again, they've assaulted what Lincoln called our ancient faith. That is the faith that today's Marxists will not rest until they have overturned. Senator Hawley says we must speak for God, we must speak for the family, Parents should raise their children, not big tech, not big government, not big corporations. If schools will not make available to parents the curriculum that your tax dollars are paying for, says those parents need to sue the schools. And he says one of the worst attacks that the left has told One of the worst attacks on manhood is the lie that the left has told for years now, which is that to be a man is to be toxic, that to be a man is to make the world a worse place just by existing, that to be a boy, there's something fundamentally wrong with that. We've got to turn the narrative around, he says, because it is a lie. Listen what that whistleblower said was that kids were given surgeries that, of course, permanently mutilated their bodies, drugs that sterilized them without their consent. These kids now, and even worse, without their parents' knowledge of consent, it's the most unbelievable series of reports and accusations. And now we've had parents come forward and say, yep, that's accurate. That's happened.
This is a pretty powerful stance, and I'm telling you, it's, it will be interesting to see whether this surfaces or how much of this surfaces in the presidential race. You all know Ron DeSantis declared this week on Twitter, and a lot of people made note of the fact that the, the Twitter crashed, the spaces crashed, and blah, blah, blah. You know, in the end, nobody's going to care about that. That'll be a blip that his, that his announcement was marred by some technical difficulties on Twitter. What's really going to matter is how this race, this current presidential race, is won. Larry Elder is speaking up today, too. There's an article um, that you can also find at the Daily BS with Larry Elder. Or was it the Hill? It's one of them. And he's talking about the fact that Donald Trump may not be able to win the swing votes anymore. Now, FYI, for the record, we are going to have former President Trump on the on the uh, the weekly show, most notably's Rush Hour on June eighth. That is the date that we are planning to have former President Donald Trump on, we are feverishly trying to book every single one of the presidential candidates. And that would include people like Chris Christie. Can't wait if we get... Why do you say it like that? Because... Because Is there something wrong with Chris Christie that we wouldn't have him on? Why would people assume we wouldn't wouldn't have Chris Christie on? Because he's Chris Christie. What's wrong with that? What, what's what's wrong with Chris Christie? He's anti. Anti what? Don't bait me. Uh, he's I'm just, uh, a just presidential. Trying to be fair. I'm just trying to keep even, it fair. even. I'm trying to be fair too. Okay. That's well, why I, I said know. even Chris Christie. Making sure. And Vivek Ramaswamy. What about the any Democratic primary challengers to Biden? There's only one, Robert Kennedy Jr. Oh my gosh, we have to have him on. I already have that. We already have that in the works. Wow. And I was told that he is interested in doing this Ooh. show. So we're just waiting to see. Of course, we would love to have Mr. Kennedy on. So Mr. Ramaswamy got banned from LinkedIn. Yeah, they kicked him. They, they, yeah, it's called. And then they said, "Oops, they're doing the same thing Twitter did used to do." Oh, yeah, we kind of made a mistake about that. Oh, yeah, he had criticized Joe Biden and all of a sudden found himself banned. He No, he supported oil. He was supporting, he was explaining the cultural and, and, and economic importance of oil, and they said that it was misinformation. And, and Right, but he was talking with regard to Joe Biden's climate change thing. Why are you arguing with the host? No, you're wrong. He was doing. I read the damn story. Okay. Insurgents. The insurgents are here already. Is Derek around? Yeah, Derek. Yes. Jeez. Hello, James. Yeah. How you doing? You have to forgive my voice. My kids got me sick. Oh, I just love this. Yeah. Sounds sexier than usual, though, so 
congratulations to everybody. I do kind of like it better. It sounds pretty good, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we keep it like that? No, I wish I could. I wish I could get rid of my nasally drone. You can't do anything oh. about my looks, but I mean, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, okay. Well, so what do you think? DeSantis jumped in. It's shocked. I'm still shocked. Of course, it's the one of the most telegraphed punches in all of human history. I wasn't surprised, but you know, he's in. He raised what eight point three million dollars in twenty four hours, a new record by a lot. It's huge. There's clearly an appetite to hear what he has to say. It doesn't mean that that loyalty or that uh, donations will turn into loyalty or anything like that. He's got to deliver the goods. But there's certainly a, a lot of people out there who say they'll vote for one person and then say, but I would kind of like to hear from somebody else just to make sure. It's uh, before you get serious with your girlfriend, you go, you know what, I'm going to go out on a date. I'm not, we're not official. We're not committed. I'm going to just maybe go to this uh, cocktail reception with this coworker of mine, just to, just to make sure. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you give it a shot. So I, it'll be curious to see how it shakes out in the coming months. It's weird because every, we're such an immediate society. I think the microwave really ruined our culture because we expect everything inside of a minute or else it's an outrage. Um, there's a great comedian who talks about, you know, you sit there and you yell at your phone about how long it takes to get a text message when you see somebody doing it. Like, it has to go to space and then back down. Like, <laughs> give it a second. Okay, we used to use carrier pigeons. We used to give it to a guy on a horse and hope that eventually it got there. And it's coming to you. It's just going to take a few seconds. Like, my children have no patience whatsoever at all. Because they're children, but our nation has become a a nation of people with zero patience. But nothing has to be decided. We're not even going to have a vote in Iowa until January, so uh, there's no rush. Well, we shall see. All right, we have some lighthearted stuff, too. And I have a question that I have been asking people, and I've given... I've given the, the staff here advance notice to get their act together. Uh-oh. And so I'm going to now lay the question on you. It is, and I didn't know that this thing's been around since the 1990s. I mean, this is so lame on my part. Cause you know, I just, I hear about stuff like this really late, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. So lately, I've been deluged with, with questions about what do I know? about one of them has to do with love languages, okay? And so, Derek, I'm going to just pose the question to you. What is your love language, Derek? What the hell's a love language? Maybe I just hate too much. I don't know. You don't know what a love language is. Scott will explain it to you. Like French? Something like that? No. Well, I guess in a certain way that could be uh, French could qualify. Um, Diego, you've already had the, the question in advance. You've had time to think about it. What is your love language, Diego? What would be your love language? My love language is uh, physical touch. And I okay. actually did, um, I downloaded an app and answered like questions, prompts and stuff. And it like came out with, it's like a quiz, you know, and came out with the answer. So that was the answer. Wow. The guy goes right for the goods. 
of course. There's a yep. I did, <laughs> see, you see, there's a there's a apparently an app for this now. All right, Aubrey, your turn. What is you've had time to think it over? What is your love language? I already um. Then we already. I said uh. Well, without knowing them, I said money. But <laughs> is money a love language? Okay, there's words of affirmation. Yes, I like gifts, that. quality time, gifts, <laughs> acts of service, and yeah. physical touch. Yeah, so that would be that would be. But see, all these seem interconnected because the gifts would lead to the acts of service, and then the physical touch is is the ultimate result for the, from the gifts. That's not the way that this is supposed to work. What? Your it's, love it's not the yellow brick road to getting you in bed. Hey, I'm, 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 multi, I'm multilingual. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we first posed the question, the only one of us in the crew that knew this thing was Scott. Well, Scott, Scott, yeah. was just, Scott was just like, boom, yeah, of course I know this. So, Scott, your love language again. It's a touch. Yours is touch. But you can have more than one, but yes. So then what's your secondary I, love? You, you, I don't know. I, I'd have to read them. See? Why'd you, why'd you get it on me? I, I told you. Like, I gave you mine. Okay. Nobody's picking acts of service. That's a, like, they, they might as well get rid of that one. Well, all right. I, I kind of, I, I was leaning towards acts of service, actually, because that would be like, Doing the dishes, cleaning up, folding oh. laundry. Only, yeah, some of that doesn't cost no, money. Well, see, Every Derek, once in a while, that'd be nice. Yeah, you only do that no. to, to for like get to, to build points up to get to, to get the other stuff. No, try being married. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is all transactional, according yes. to yes. It's uh, yeah. Aubrey says this is all transactional. All right, we're going to come back because there's another part to this that I have to ask later on. James Golden, that case earlier. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I didn't know. Wagon? No yes. Tina Turner? Where's Tina? We played Tina Turner during the week. Hey, Derek, did you think uh, the Aria Speedwagon singer was Irish for the longest time? I honestly never did thought you? about him. It sounds, doesn't he have, like, sounds like he has an Irish accent? But you never heard A little bit. A I just little I bit. always thought he was Irish. He's not like Billy Bragg, though. He, normally the <laughs> accent goes away, and Billy Bragg's accent gets even worse. Right. I think you just ruined Argo Speedwagon for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Don't it reminds me of It reminds me of theater girls when I was a theater major who make point of enunciating words improperly to make an impression. Together, just no. <laughs> no flashback. Every word I see, what? you guys. What you can't Can make up for with talent, make up with a gimmick. Uh, I'm Could gonna play the bagpipes. I want to keep on loving you, and if you, your love language. No matter what you call about today, I'm going to ask you about your love languages. And then there's another one that we have to do a little bit later that's kind of related to the love languages. All of that and more. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Do not go away. 
Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yeah, you know, uh, Scott, this is the one you said you didn't know anything about. This, know this is Whipping I Post. Do not know this. When is this from? What's it from, Diego? Allman Brothers. When, when is it from? It's from back when. It is from The reason 69. we're playing it. The reason we're playing it today, May 27th. 2017, Greg Allman, a founding member of the Allman Brothers Band, died, age 69. <laughs> and this is one of their huge hits. Sorry that you didn't know it. Whipping Post. Okay. Oh, I have heard this. Oh, now you know it. Okay. I've not heard it. I think it kind of sucks. <laughs> kind of Almond Brothers kind of It's sucks, like the quintessential huh? 70s garbage where they just, I don't know. Okay, maybe, maybe that part sounds familiar, but no, musically it doesn't do it for me. Good grief. It's like the great to play live with Everybody gets a solo, everybody plays, everybody. Okay, we get it. Right? I paid a bunch of money to hear you. Yeah, they're kind of musicians, so they do play. Oh, but I mean, play everybody a song. gets a okay, solo. Hey, look, uh, here comes the, the bass solo. All right, we get it. All right, everybody's drunk or high. You can get away with this crap. But... I just, I, you just amaze me. Thank it's you, like Almond a Quentin Brothers. Tarantino movie, okay? It's a great movie. There's a great movie in there. There's just two other crappy movies stuck in there as well. <laughs> Cut it down. We don't need to see 15 minutes of Brad Pitt driving the car in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We get it. He's driving somewhere. Get him there. With the, the, all the long solos and everybody. We get it. You're guitar players. Congratulations. Get to the point of the song, okay? Because you're John Travolta. Dan- da- John Travolta dancing for 20 minutes. That's oh, what the man. movie's about. In, the in movie Fiction. wasn't about Brad Pitt driving. No, I'm talking about in Pulp Fiction. Well, well. Pulp Fiction, the first time I saw uh, Pulp Fiction, I actually turned it off in the first 15 to 20 minutes. And then it took me a year or two, three, I rewatched it, and I'm like, wow, this is a really great movie. Because there was somebody there who could tell Quentin Tarantino, you got to tighten this up, you got to edit it down, you got to. And all the scenes in there matter. Whereas his most recent movies, look, I'm, I'm not defending Harvey Weinstein. But he could say a three-and-a-half-hour movie is – there's, there's like, a good two-and-a-half-hour movie in here. Why don't you find it? Now nobody can tell Quentin anything, so they just kind of let him do what he wants to do. The same is true with a lot of the 70s music. All right, I've got a solo. Well, I've got a solo, too. Oh, well, come on. Solo. This is... All right, well, let's all just do our solos. Like, do, does this song need three solos? Does this song need to be 18 minutes long? Yes. Probably doesn't. Yes. Yes. That's what it was a great change from the three and four minute records when you could actually I'm hear people play. I'm all in favor play. of a song that okay. has something to offer for for twenty minutes, but if it's the same thing and it's not even lyrical, it's just somebody going, "Oh, here comes my solo. Oh, here comes my solo." All right, we can, do it live. Do it live, but don't put it on the record. Don't put it on the radio. Okay, so here's the second question 
to the first part of your love language. Derek, what is your emotional bank account? Overdrawn. Look, I, everybody you else, know what can, it, I gotta go you know last what, on these, James. Do, everybody okay, else knows what the okay. hell you're talking about. I have no okay. idea what you're talking about. You, uh, suddenly, I tuned into Oprah. What the hell? This is not Oprah. I'm, when I get hit with this stuff, to Oprah. I, I don't Diego's, know. What, Diego's googling it right now. I know, Avery. Avery, quick before you before he googles the answer. What is your emotional bank account? And I'm sorry, once in a while I call you Aubrey. My thing gets messed up in here. I know it's Avery. What's your emotional bank account? Well, why you want to go all fast and not give me a chance to prepare? Everybody else is like click clacking away at the keys. <laughs> Avery, in quick, fairness, quick. I'm lazy enough not to look it up. I'm just waiting for somebody else to answer, and then I'll figure out. What Avery, it is. quickly, quickly, Avery, quickly. All right, uh, Avery, what is your emotional bank account? What's my emotional bank account? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you looking for, like, the definition of what an emotional yeah, what bank account What is an emotional bank account? What is it? What, what, what's the what whole concept it? behind an emotional bank account? I guess how, how much you, how, how open you are, like how vulnerable you make yourself to, a, to a, another person. So I guess I'm, what, I don't know, halfway full. I'm not, I'm not overdrawn. All right, Scott, what is your emotional bank account? I don't, I don't know this one. Um, <laughs> Nobody knows this stuff. I, <laughs> why don't you tell us what your emotional you? bank account yeah, is, what is your and then we'll go from there. I don't have. Uh, uh, Diego, you didn't answer the question. You started Googling it. What is your emotional bank account? Well, on Google it says an, ac- an account of trust instead of money. So, I mean, I, I, gotta, I got W-A-B-C, faith in people. I got name, trust in people. What does it say now? What does it say? It's what? Okay, an emotional bank account is an account of trust instead of money. It's an account based on how safe you feel with another person. Oh, so it might be on a person-to-person basis. Okay, so that's an e- that is an emotional bank account. Okay, so here's the thing. What The thing is that an emotional bank account is supposed to be what happens in a relationship? See, I'm learning this stuff late in life, very late in life, right? And so what happens is you put things in it. Those are the deposits, the good things that you do. Like Derek, you washing the dishes for your for your wife, and you're so sweet to her, and that goes into the good stuff. That's the deposit. It builds up. Now, when you become the nasty SOB that you really are, mm-hmm. right, that's where the withdrawals happen because she's looking at you and she's like, who the, what how did I, I done with my life? What's right, life? exactly. And those are the withdrawals in the account. And the relationship supposedly, look, this is all theory. I'm just learning this stuff. And supposedly what happens over a period of time is that if you keep putting stuff in and you keep making deposits in the emotional bank account, you know, life goes well. For Avery, that means you get the, you know, you get the, the prize. And you know what we're talking about, Avery. We know all this you, stuff. You, you just put a name on it. Like, like guys who go through life know all this stuff. You just yeah, put you, labels you, on stuff. Don't be a jerk and good things happen. All this is, this is called, this is called water under the bridge. Yeah. 
That's what this is called, water yeah. under the bridge. You do something bad, we got enough water under the bridge to get past this, right, honey? Silicon Valley Bank. That's all this account? is. <laughs> the bailout. Where's our, yeah, where's our federal bailout? Let's get somebody on the government to come and do my dishes. This is a terminology thing, man. Well, this is the new term. I get hit with this stuff, so I'm hitting you with it. I've been getting hit with this stuff. I hit you with it, okay? And you what, guys what, don't know either. Where are you getting hit with this stuff? Who's... Oh, don't worry about it. I just get hit with this stuff. <laughs> just get hit with it. And I don't know what this stuff is. I keep. Am I the only one? Hey, am I the only male on earth that doesn't know what these things are? Hey, man, go, and I'm, go to a football game, man. <laughs> Stop hanging oh. out where stop hanging out wherever you hanging out. Go to a football game or a basketball game or something. Okay. You guys have restored my faith in manhood. Because you guys don't know either. Poetry recitals. Goodness. Okay. W <laughs> Emotion. Um, yeah. WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. You know who this is. I hope you're not gonna make any wise cracks about this song. Owner of a Lonely Heart? Yes. Who is it? Yes. Yes. It's yes. I understand that. I'm thinking of... Yes. Yes is the pre predecessor to Asia, right? There's some connection there? Yeah. Aren't they progressive rock crap? This was this was practically this was mainstream. Yeah. This album has some great rock on it. This whole album is is I'm incredible. Sure I'd call this rock. It's rock. It's pop. It certainly charted on the top. Well, Billboard. And it was a great production. Oh, Rhonda! Rhonda's caught Rhonda has weighed in. She wants us to know it's called the Love Bank. That's it's, it's that's another name for it, another term for it. Thank you, Rhonda. Is it, Rhonda the one that's, that's bringing no, this stuff up Rhonda to you? No, Rhonda didn't bring James, this up to me. If you're talking about banks, the spank one is now. Never mind. The spank bank. Men, men will have make a lot more deposits than that. We're coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Right after this, don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Uh, this is just for you, Derek. You love the 70s, so we're just going to jam it. Not twenty five. You know the original "Light My Fires." They made two versions of it. Why? Because nobody needs to hear five minutes of organ solo. <laughs> really, the only difference. Well, you were just the anti-musician. I tell you. But did you ever go? You know what this song needs? More organ. What does it need? <laughs> more. more or <laughs> did anybody ever say that? You know, give me more organ. Yeah, it's a great intro. But after like three minutes of just the musical interlude in the middle of the two stanzas, you go, all right, enough already. The live version is even longer. Let me see what I'm getting another message here just because. 
Oh. Just because I'm willing to say what poor people are thinking but are afraid to say doesn't Not pe- pe- Most people are not thinking this, Derek. Everybody. Poor ladies, except maybe for Scott and his wife, at least he knows the love language just because your staff doesn't know. I still have faith in the male gender. Not all are clueless as you bunch, as yeah. you lot. We, we're not okay. all following Marianne Williamson. We're not all in the midst of <laughs> cover our bodies with crystals and th- did we know, know what this hippy-dippy crap you come across when reading Ms. Magazine is? Doesn't I don't read Ms. Magazine, and I well, never have. Wherever you, Where did you get this from? Huffington Post? I'm not at liberty to divulge it yet. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, Oprah this Magazine or something, wasn't it? It was from O Magazine. I don't read O Magazine either. Do you have a guilty pleasure, Bo? <laughs> Do I have what? Is that where the, the source of all this information? Maybe it's a guilty pleasure? No, I don't. I, I don't even understand what that means. Okay, please. That sounds like something you did guilty pleasures. I don't know what that means. Okay, Chicago <laughs> parents. Yeah, you can Chicago, tell the guilt level by the quickness with which he changes the subject. Yep. Chicago parents are fuming. Migrant children are allowed to enroll in schools. This is in Chicago. Hey, Derek, did you know they haven't? You know that this weekend, last last Memorial Day weekend, nine people killed. There were over 50 shootings in Chicago. So you know what they're doing this year? They're, the, the governor of Illinois and this new mayor there, they're, they're going to deploy 30 peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Problem solved. Yeah. I, peacekeepers. Oh. They're not. I don't think they're going to wear the little blue helmets like the UN peacekeeper guys do. <laughs> they should, as long as they've got a whole bunch of gauze. But that's what they're going to do to try to stem the violence in Chicago. Well, Chicago parents are furious. They're not only uh, footing the bill to house illegal immigrants, but school districts are now allowing, in Chicago... Allowing migrant children, that's what it says in the story, and yeah, you can find it on the Daily BS, to enroll with no health records at all. No health records, despite the fact that Chicago is one of those uh, uh, cities, blue cities, that has strict COVID rules. Children have to be vaccinated. I bet it's not just COVID rules. I bet they have a whole bunch of requirements for vaccines. Yes, like most schools do. So you have to get your, your kids have to be vac vaccinated, and you had to go get that COVID vaccination. But those people that are swarming through the borders, no worries. Oh, you you don't have health records? Ah, that's all right. Come on in. Democrats will fight harder for people in this country illegally than they will for the Americans who vote for them. It's a sad commentary, but it's true. This is astounding. I don't know how much longer the, the how, do you think that when Democrats hear this stuff, you know, oh, Derek, I got to ask you about that case down there in Anna Rundell, that's near you, where these four, apparently, this, I, I still don't understand this. This happened early in the week. Apparently, there was one of these deals in school. Somebody took off somebody for some money. The guy went, got his money back. Uh, took off a guy's girlfriend for some money, 30 bucks or something like that. And they show up at his house, two kids, two adults. They want to fight the kid. The kid says, I'm not fighting. The parent comes out, 
They beat the parent to death. They smashed this guy's head into the concrete over and over again. And then they say, oh, she's bleeding. You better call 911. They were smashing his head in even when he was unconscious. This happened earlier in the week. And still there are no arrests made. And this is, this is out of control. Have you been following that case at all? This is, this is close by you, Derek. I, I am aware of it. I haven't been following it. It's one of those cases that it's disturbing to follow. It's disturbing to find the details and, and even more details and the latest details and then the dragging of the feet and the what the hell is going on. It really does not reaffirm your belief in humanity and your, your love of humanity. So I I try not to follow these things too closely because you do, you end up sitting there pulling pulling your hair out. Going, what in the hell is wrong with people? And why, how am I a member of this species that could do this? I, I don't get it. I'll never get it. That's a good thing. And, uh, no, that they're not, a, they should be in prison for the rest of their lives already. They are not. It's, there, are, there are no arrests. It's a that, week ago. They know and no arrests have been made. The, they the, 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 right. They have they have, on video. They have some of it on video. 43-year-old father, Christopher Wright, outside of his home, teenage son's bullies, the bullies came, and this, again, is over a $30 when that, some student, this is in is middle that, school. Is that a cat purring? Yes, it's a kitten. Just making sure. Okay. That's your cat? Yes, one of them. He was either going to jingle wow. running around my legs or I pick him up and pet him to keep him from jingling. I didn't think the purring would be as detectable. There, he's It's detectable. And Scott knew exactly what it was because he could had also be all the ladies out there hearing my sexy cold. <laughs> you never know. Hey, what, what, what happened to the guy who got beat to death, man? He's dead. He's still dead. Last time we checked. They beat him to death outside his house. Ooh, is that your cat? Yeah. <laughs> Lighten the mood. He just jumped off of my man just that fast. Yeah, I mean, this is just, no, this is crazy. It's horrible. And we should have the death penalty. There's, there's certain things that you just do where the human beings are apparently capable of doing that. You look at them and say, you, you don't deserve to be alive anymore. Because if you believe that this is it, if you're an atheist and death is the end, then the Worst day alive is better than the best day dead because, you know, you don't exist. If you believe there's an afterlife and a heaven and a hell, then the worst day alive is still better than the best day in hell. So let's get these people on their way. You know, I tend to agree with you. I mean, this is just horrific. And I still can't believe that no arrests have been made in this case whatsoever. All right, here's another one for you guys. This is uh, another one that I came across. Now, this wasn't in O Magazine, and this wasn't in whatever else, uh, whatever you read, Derek Miz or whatever the thing you... It's in AARP or whatever you subscribe. I don't know what... This is in the New York Times. The New York Times, okay? It's in the New York Times. I'd rather subscribe to O. (sighs) Go ahead. All right, this is in the Ethicist column. There's a column about ethics. In the New York Times? In the, the New York Times, section? believe it or not. The irony no. <laughs> the irony section. Okay, here's the title, and here's the headline. Avery, you're up first with this one. 
My husband flies first class and puts me in coach. Uh, Is that fair? My husband loves to travel and always either pays for or gets an upgrade into the first class cabin. When we travel together with our children, Derek, this is so right up your alley. It is not. When we, go ahead. Yeah, because you have a wife and children, and I could just see you flying in first class and putting the kids and the wife in coach. I'm six right? foot five. I got a lot of legs. Okay, and here come the excuses already. But I'm I six foot five. I wouldn't do I, it. I would never do it. I would never do it. Even though I promise you, if all it were available, they're like, hey, we got an upgrade for free. And uh, my wife would go, "Why don't you take it?" Because she would go, "You know, you're six foot five. You're gonna, you're gonna." And you would do it. And if you she would do it. it. It would be rude, not. Oh, to. if she uh, it would be. <laughs> All right. When we travel together with our children, he buys himself a ticket in first class and puts us in economy. That's what I wouldn't do because I'm too cheap, or, poor. But that's beside. Who's paying for the tickets? He is. Of course. They are. Marriage is a partnership. It don't sound like it. Yeah, no, he probably brings it in. Hey, look, we both get there at the same time, if I, and I'm paying for the tickets. <laughs> Boom. He, <laughs> he even did this recently on an overnight flight to Paris. He oh, just to fly. <laughs> I still, I, I'm still on his side, but, man, that's bad. He took his wife to Paris. He took the family to Paris. He justifies. <laughs> you get to go to Paris and you're going to complain? Exactly. Okay. But I understand it because I wouldn't want to travel. Look, if, if I'm traveling first class, then whoever's with me, you know, you know, come on. Thank you. He justifies flying alone in the first class cabin because of the cost and the fact that our kids, 10 and 16, might feel alone if I were to travel in first with him. Oh, the kids travel with him too? The kids, yeah. Oh, and so the, the kids, kids got... they feel alone and they might wander off to where? They're on Definitely. a plane. Like, oh, the kids the are kids on a plane. Alone. They might wander yeah. outside. And, yeah. So the wife should be with the kids. They're t- 12 and 16. Now, come on. So you, the kids are going to fly economy. You can't afford all four of them to fly first class. So somebody's got to stay with the kids. somebody got to stay with them kids. What do you think? Hell Would no. you do it? Hell no. Look, the kids are on the plane, all right? You can you could be a total jerk and go, now they're the stewardess's problem until we land. <laughs> and both adults go into uh, first class. You could raise your kids right so maybe they could behave themselves on an overseas flight, and you could do that too. But no. Can he not afford this, the, the first class ticket for his wife? I think he And for the could. two kids. No, no, no. no. Do you kids. know how much it costs the ki- these days Listen, to go first class? The, ki- the I, kids don't have a shot of getting the first class. I'm talking about the wife. The kids there are, are certain things where, like, if you go to a, a Caps game here in D.C., the first two rows for, like, 500 bucks, you get the VIP treatment. It's all food and all drink are included. And, you know, you can go dr- absolutely crazy. And I almost did it once, right before my wife gave birth to her first kid. And they're gonna go. Something I did something good, or something good had happened. I'm like, right, maybe I'll go to this thing. And a friend of mine who's a fan of hockey couldn't go to this game. I ended up not going. And my wife said, "I'll go. I'll go with you." And she's like seven months pregnant. I said, "No, you're not going down there." And it wasn't because you know the hockey game could be fun. No, it's because if I'm gonna pay 500 bucks, I'm crawling out of there drunk and stuffed. 
and my friends are crawling out of there drunk and stuff. And if you're pregnant, you can't drink. So if you can't exploit it, it's like we had a late lunch, but I'll go to the smorgas. I'll go to Fogo to Chow with you. No, that, no, that, you're, you're going to not eat for two days if you're going to Fogo to Chow with me. You're going to make it worth your while. Hey, but don't you think a little of that was she, that she didn't want you to have a good time? <laughs> I don't we got to take a break. We're coming back. Don't go away. That's what I'm saying. I'll fly to Jupiter in first class. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. You can dance, heavy dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile. Rudy Lewis. The The Drifters. 1960. Heavenly birthday for Rudy Lewis, born May 27, 1935. The Drifters, this was a number one hit, 1960s. Boys, songs were so innocent. Sounds abusive to me. No, this was back. You know, when this was back in the days when men, you know, I mean, they had to beg women, and women were, you know, had the upper hand. So yeah, we go to a dance. You can dance with everybody else, darling, but just don't forget, you're coming home with me. Save that last dance for me, please, please, please. Says I'm going to go to this dance with you. But I'm gonna dance with everybody but you. That was the way it was back then, bro. Was it? I mean, women. You know, I mean, guys held had women on a pedestal. Women could do, you know. I don't know if that's a pedestal or if their men are just a doormat. Mm. You're gonna abuse me, but as long as you dance with me at the end, I'll drive you home. Wait, no, you, you catch a cab. <laughs> Catch a cab. I'll see you around. See, that's not putting deposits in that love bank or whatever that thing is. You that's know, that's it, not how you put a deposit in the love bank. It sounds like she's running over to the ATM machine emptying out the <laughs> love bank pretty quickly. If she's like, all right, thanks for bringing me to this dance. I'll catch you near the end maybe. I'm going to go see if I can't find something better to do. All right, one last thing, one last of the lighthearted stories for the day, and this is another travel story. I work all week to find these things. Scott has some good stories coming up later in the show, don't you, Scott? You think you think so? Yes. Yeah. At least it's not an insurrection today. Okay, a woman sparks an uproar after revealing she asked that parents that were traveling uh, behind her to not they had already done it once is the bottom line and then they were going to do it again she says please 
don't change your kid's stinky diaper on the tray. Go to the bathroom. Don't change the and the and the parents of the this 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 baby, they changed it on the on the tray. And she's getting, you know, blasted. And she says to them, Okay, would you please not do this? Just go to the bathroom and change your kid's diaper. And they yelled at her. And they told her she didn't understand how difficult it was to be a parent these days, et cetera, et cetera. And she complained. She finally complained to the flight attendant. And the flight attendant ended up agreeing with her. But still, she said that she had to question if she was the a-hole, if she had every, you know, if she should have said something about it or just let it go. So you're traveling on the plane, um, Derek, and you're in first class. Your wife and the kids are in coach. As it should be. <laughs> and some person's changing the diaper there. Yeah, do you, did, did your wife say something about it? Do you, do, you, do you say something about it or do you just let it go? I think there's a middle ground of dirty looks. You can draw attention to something without saying, hey, everybody, look at this. You kind of look around everybody and you get everybody to scorn them. Because it's not if they did it to my tray table, I'd be like, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? What they're doing is their tray table. Um, sanitizing either works or it doesn't. And, um, you know, if if they're going to give themselves, get themselves sick, that, that's on them. If they want to do that where they eat, it's that uh, they'd better be thorough I might say to the the stewardess, or you, uh, the flight attendant. Sorry, I'm not allowed to say that word anymore. I might say to the flight attendant, you might want to, I don't know, give that tray table a silkwood shower over there. <laughs> you might want to point that out a little bit to somebody else, but um, and have it be overheard. At gotcha. Happy you Memorial you go to the bathroom Day. And tr- you ever go to one of those bathrooms? You think you, it's tough enough to to go to the bathroom yourself, let alone with a, a child trying to change. A diaper I hear in that too. Bathrooms. We're out of time. We got to go, Derek. Happy Memorial Day! Thank you, my friend. Thank you, James. Happy Memorial Day to you guys too. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues right after this. Do not go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, my friends, to our number duo of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you want to be on the program, and those of you on hold, we will be getting to your calls shortly. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We have been talking about all sorts of things with our good friend Derek Hunter with Avery, Diego, Scott, the gang is all here. Our Saturday morning, yeah, posse. <laughs> love languages, love bank accounts, traveling etiquette, putting your girl in coach while you fly in first class and your kids. 
and we have a lot more. You know, basketball season is here. Danny DiCrescenzo is usually with us, He's but he's got a schedule change. But we heard from Danny anyway, and this is Danny now with his report. Hi, James. It's Danny. With me being home from school, I won't be able to make it into the office as early as I usually do, so I'll be switching to the afternoon shifts for the next couple of weeks. But I figured I'd keep giving you sports updates because I know you love learning about the NBA playoffs. So let's dive right in. Los Angeles versus Denver. The Nuggets eliminated the Lakers, and LeBron James stole the spotlight from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray of Denver when he was publicly contemplating retirement. But it seems like this was all talk because we all know that LeBron James wants to play with his son, Bronny, in the next two years. So expect the King to honor his contract, stay in Los Angeles, and keep being one of the game's best players. Moving over to the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami and Boston. I spent my entire report essentially last time talking about how the Heat embarrassed the Celtics, but it seems like Boston is having a resurgence. They won their last two games, starving off elimination. They played a night at 8.30. If they win that game, they'll be the first team since the Portland Trailblazers in 2003 to force a Game 7 after being down 0-3. And if they win that game, they will be the first team ever to force a Game 7 down 0-3 and win it. Now, I think Miami's going to win just because, obviously, an overwhelming amount of history is on their side in this scenario. But Boston has looked really good. They've embarrassed Miami a couple of times. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are hitting their shots. So maybe Jimmy Butler has finally run out of gas for this Miami Heat team. And just to give you a quick recap of what's left in the NBA playoffs, because I know you always ask that question, Denver is in the finals. So they're just waiting on whether it's going to be Miami or Boston playing them, and it's going to be a best-of-seven series that kicks off next week. So the NBA season will be ending pretty soon, and we'll be able to talk about a sport that I definitely do not like as much as basketball. Anyway, I miss being in the office live with the whole crew. You'll hear me in a pre-recorded update. Until I'm back live, stay well, James. Thank you, Danny. And I, there was a story this week that was basketball-related, right to what he's talking about, and it's about the, the coach. Now, I know that a lot of basketball fans, they're like, okay, there's a thing about the Celtics and the history of the Celtics when it comes to <clears throat> black folks. But I'm not going to get into that. I read something about the coach, and this blew my mind. This guy's name is um, Mazzula. Now, when they took the Game 5 win over the Miami Heat, he was asked about blocking out the noise with his team one loss away from elimination. Now, this guy is a first-year coach in the NBA. And this is what he said in response. How do you block out the noise? He said, honestly, I met three girls under the age of 21 with terminal cancer, and I thought I was helping them by talking to them. They were helping me. So having an understanding about what life is really all about and watching a girl dying and smiling and enjoying her life, that's what it's really all about. And he went on to get this, this, this coach, this is a coach. He went on to say, the only other thing, you always hear people giving glory to God and saying thank you when they're holding a trophy. But you never really hear it in times like this. And so for me, it's an opportunity to just sit right where I am and just be faithful. 
That's what it's all about. It's not the first time that he has been so outspoken about his faith. He has been asked in the past, this is when the prince and the princess of Wales attended a Celtics game in December. He was asked if he had met the royal family, and he said, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? Oh, no, I did not. I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know too much about that one, that other one, when she was talking about the, this guy's first-year coach, but, um, yeah, very interesting. Has his head on. Now, in the next hour, and we're going to take some of your phone calls very shortly, so thank you if you're on hold for waiting. If you want to be on the show, 800-848-WABC. There was an amazing case at the Supreme Court decided this week. You may not have heard too much about it. It was a unanimous decision. Unanimous. And who expects that from this court? This was over a case where the county, and it was a county in Minnesota, Hennepin, Minnesota, seized an elderly woman's house, her home, over a small tax debt. They sold the house. They got their taxes back, and they took the profits. And this case made it all the way up to the Supreme Court. There was a decision about about this. Now, what is surprising is this is not only happening in places like Minnesota, and it's happening in New York, too. And we're going to speak with Attorney Keith Wolford about that in the last hour, as well as catching up with America's small caffeinated mom in the last hour. But for this hour... We still have a plethora of subjects that we've already talked about. Scott, you said you're going to go to Target later on and go get yourself some. Yeah, get some tucked, <coughs> some tuck swimwear. <laughs> <sighs> or did you? Or were you referring to the beer? I thought you said you're going to go get free beer, and I didn't know how that worked. Oh, the so Budweiser, because I, I have to advertise for Budweiser. Why would we not? This is starting to turn into, seriously, like a propaganda tool for them. But they are giving away essentially free beer this weekend, Um, $15. You get a $15 gift card if you buy at least a 15-pack of Bud Light. Target is selling, again, this is going to, like, I hope this doesn't ruin the boycott, but Target is selling the $15, the the, $15, Target is selling the 15 packs of beer for $12. So if you go to Target and get a 15 pack of Bud Light, you come out $3 ahead. They're paying you to drink their product. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah they're in deep doom. On Memorial Weekend, which would be the weekend when most people, you know, you would think you would raise the price of beer, but they're having to give it away due to what they've done to themselves. Yeah, there's an article today, another one of the articles in the Washington Post about how unfair the right wing is. Oh, this is it by Greg Sargent. I just happened to stumble across it right now. It's sometimes said that corporate America is a battleground for the culture wars. It's taking on an ugly new meaning in the case of Target. We're just They just announced... They're going to pull some LGBTQ-friendly merchandise from shelves after experiencing threats 
that affected its employees' safety, their sense of safety. Target surrender, writes Greg Sargent, which came after concerted attacks from MAGA media personalities, points to a bigger story. The anti-woke right is increasingly wielding heavy-handed tactics, including state power and violent threats to block corporations from making their own decisions about how to adapt to social change. Though the right is losing this battle at large, it is innovating and having some success. Now, the whole emphasis of this again, those MAGA people, why they're intimidating poor Target, and they're making poor Target make decisions that they wouldn't ordinarily make. Those MAGA people are using state power. What is he talking about? Well, there was another bill passed last night in one of the legislatures. I believe it it was, I got to find it. But there was another bill passed recently by another state that is saying, no, you cannot teach this gender-bending stuff to kids K in, in kindergarten through sixth grade. Leave, leave the kids alone. And that's what they're talking about when they, when these leftists, when they say state power. The right using state power. And I just want to repeat something. The, the left is not under attack. The left are the ones that are attacking. They are attacking societal norms that have been in place since almost the beginning of time. The idea that boys are boys and girls are girls is something that has predated our generations and predated America. It has predated most European civilizations. This goes all the way back to the beginning. It goes all the way back to the beginning of mankind and womankind. It is the left that is attacking. And what they are seeing as they try to spread this propaganda through these vehicles like Target and this tuck-friendly LGBT where some of it directed at children, some of it designed by a guy who has pledged, who has said openly that he is a Satanist. It is the norms, the social norms that we grew up with, the social norms of this country. Indeed, those social norms go extend beyond this country's borders. They extend throughout the world. It is the social norms that have been present in almost every religion on the face of the earth that are under attack. It is not some right-wing MAGA types attacking the innocent left as Greg Sargent of the Washington Post would have you believe. Right-wingers have claimed Target was selling tuck-friendly swimwear. They were. 
the pictures were there in a Target store. One Arizona man threatened disruptions at a Target store's warning that LGBTQ people are not safe. One. One. And those, that person should have been, if you're making threats to people, that should be handled legally. There's no excuse for that. I'm telling you. And he writes that the rights claim about the tuck-friendly uh, 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 swimwear appear to be false. Well, I don't know where those pictures came from. They weren't false. But it is the norms of society. It is what we have. It is also biology, basic biology, that is under attack. In the first hour, we talked about how Congressman Josh Hawley has said what really is under attack by the left. This is all an attack on God and religious and spiritual beliefs, and he's absolutely right. So I resent, not resent, I reject these arguments that the left is making. Target surrendering to MAGA rage. MAGA hasn't been enraged. There's no real quote unquote. Who, what is MAGA? The people of America, and this crosses political lines in some cases. I guarantee you that there are a lot of church going. Democrats in this country, whether they're Christian or whether they go to temple or whether they go to the mosque or wherever they go to worship, I guarantee you there are people across the spectrum in America who are appalled by this move to dispel gender as meaningless, something swappable. What is happening, this attack from the left, is finally being countered. And again, the the, the people like at the Washington Post, like Greg Sargent, all they see is this one prism, their anti-Trump hatred, informs everything. And so we have to look at this through the eyes of MAGA. No, this is not about MAGA. This is about right and wrong. This is about moral and immoral. This doesn't have anything to do with MAGA. This has to do with making sure that future generations can grow up with their spiritual and religious beliefs intact and that kids don't have to feel pressured at very early ages to be groomed 
by people who want to change their sexual orientation for their own selfish purposes. That's what is really behind this. There are a group of people intent on changing children and making children believe that they are not the creatures that God created, that they are something else. And they're trying to make these children believe that for their own selfish purposes. And this movement is a backlash. This is not an attack. This is a backlash to what the left has been foisting, not just on America, but every other country that they can get away with this in. James Golden, Boston Early, a.k.a. Todd Rundgren takes us in. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. In with Todd Rundgren. Coming back with the eyes, Lee Brothers. Hello. Isley Brothers, let's get to the telephone, shall we? Lou in Long Island, welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Let's tear it up. Lou, what's going on, my friend? Hello, Hello. my buddy, Bo. I wish you you a uh, safe Memorial Day weekend. And more than let's not ever forget that it's American men and women, brave of all races and creeds, who died in wartime, they also died in peacetime. There were accidents. I challenge everyone in the sound of my voice, courtesy of Meucci and Marconi, to do something good for American veterans. Go to a state VA hospital. 
Go to a federal VA hospital, a state VA nursing home. There's one in Hollis, St. Albans, Queens. It's on the same grounds as a federal VA nursing home. There's one out in Long Island by the Hamptons in Northport below the Connecticut Sound. There's one in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Every state, all 50 states, God bless America, have their own state versions of the federal VA, as do the local governments. Visit American veterans. Help American veterans. This American Marine veteran in a wheelchair with his American Marine mongrel will be on the phone all this weekend and preparing care packages for American veteran homeless. They still make up 66% of the homeless men and women in America. There shouldn't be any, God help them, homeless. And there's still New York City has no retirement home, city run for American veterans. Even though 13 million is going a day every day, 13 million a day for illegal aliens, none of that money is helping American veterans. So I challenge everyone, not just this weekend, but every blessed day that God lets you wake up, make a difference because democracy and freedom cannot exist without brave men and women, American and NATO troops and veterans that have protected the greatest country in the world and the free world and the and the Western world. Let's all make a difference. And with God's grace, bring an end to that horror, the horror of the uh, the mistreatment of American veterans by the U.S. government. And one thing I would like to understand, you know, um, Lou, we have been talking about the plight of American veterans for as long as I can remember politically. This is not new. And I don't understand how year after year, and every time we get a change of administration, we get the platitudes. We're going to help the veterans. We're going to help the veterans. We're going to help the veterans. And every every administration comes and goes, and there are still issues at the VA. There are still issues with homeless veterans in the streets of our cities all across the country. And I'm just beginning to wonder whether this is just one of those issues that is never going to get the attention that it serves. I happen to know, and I'm sure many of you know, veterans that served in Afghanistan and in Iraq that have suffered from what we now know is a real thing, this PTSD. And they've suffered terribly. I remember a kid in in the neighborhood that I was in when the Iraq war started, when after 2001, that version of the Iraq conflict. And he went over, I remember before he left, we had him over to the house, and he was he's a young kid, young. He came back. He also served in Afghanistan. And when he came back, he was so different. And he alluded to some of the things that he saw that were so horrible that he could not get them out of his mind. And I'm sure many of you know of situations like that. And a lot of these veterans come back, and they desperately need help. And pretty much they can get some help at the VA. I'm not saying the VA is worthless. 
But a lot of these kids need a lot more, and a lot of these men and women need a lot more than what they are given. And I wonder, how, what is it going to take before we really come to terms with what happens to the people that we send to protect us and who give and sacrifice to protect us? So I appreciate your call very much. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. This is one of Diego's favorites. I know this. Call a note. Sarah Smile. Be back in a moment. With a woman's eyes, I can feel you watching in the night. All alone with me, I were waiting for the sunlight. When I feel cold, you warm me And when I feel I can't go on You come and hold me It's you and me forever Sarah This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza Now, here's James Golden A.K.A. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. Another heavenly birthday today. Jazz composer, pianist. And he was a radio broadcaster, too. Ramsey Lewis. The In Crowd. 1965-1972. Wade in the Water. And this one. Ramsey Lewis with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Sun Goddess. Aren't you supposed to be uh, stretching and dancing right now? Good catch. There Ah, we go. Thank you. Time for the morning dance. Spyro Gyra. Morning dance on WABC Talk Radio 77, the midway point in the show. So up out of the sheet. You too, Avery. Get your butt up. He's screening calls. That's right. Come on, Scott. You don't have to move around for the whole show, but just get up for a minute. 
work your groove thing. Oh, stretch it out. Okay. Thank you. Oh, we did the morning dance. At home, you can do it too. Hey, did you hear? Um, have you seen that documentary from the head of uh, uh, Black Lives Matter? Have you, have you seen that new documentary? Scott, have you seen it? No. No. Avery, have you seen the new documentary that was um, First from time the, uh, yeah, no, no, have you seen the new, Avery, have you seen the documentary from the head of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Uh, you haven't seen it either, Diego. And First you time. won't, you won't. You know why? Because there is no damn documentary. Warner Brothers got taken to the hoops. Okay, Warner Brothers Television Groups had a deal with Patrice Colors. They gave her $2 million. They said, hey, go out, make some movies, make a documentary. It was a multi-year agreement. They did it in 2020. And you know what happened? She did nothing. She took their money. She never produced the documentary. Nothing. They Nothing. You suckers! You suckers! It might have been something else going on there. Yeah, there was something else going on there. She took the money. That's what was going else. <laughs> oh, this this woman, boy, I tell you. Have you seen Curtis? What does Curtis call them? Black Lives Mansions or whatever it is. Yeah. Have you seen the three point two million dollar? The, the the real estate, all the shopping sprees she went on to buy all these mansions and all this stuff? BLM, buy large mansions, he says. Buy large mansions. That's what I mean. It was probably just, you know, just, all right, well, if you don't give us this money, then, you know, we'll pick it and do all this. So they just threw her the $2 million. They probably never expected the movie to be made. Oh, man. I got to love this. Wow. It's just like, you suckers. You suckers! Yeah. You gave no. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't think there was ever a movie supposed to be made, man. Sit <laughs> here, yeah, take the money, leave us alone. Oh, so wait a minute. You said, "Oh, this was this was never never a movie." Yeah, this was all about hey, that's don't what, pick it. Yeah, up. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know how many you know how many movies don't get made, how much money they lose on production deals and stuff like that? They, they just they just throw it into the pile. Just don't don't pick it up here, take the two million and you know, go. Apparently the so, new Powerpuff Girls live action was scrapped completely. The powder puff girls? Power puff <laughs> girls, yeah, because apparently this is actually kind of juicy. The, Were you looking the, forward to it or No, the the um the pilot, the script was leaked on leaked on Twitter and it was so bad that, that the stu- the whatever studio was doing it was bullied into just scrapping it. So yeah, that happened. I thought it was funny. Oh man. What would a good script for powder puff girls yeah, man, they look just, like? Yeah, they, they just get somebody famous to star in it and just throw it out there. That don't really mean I'm telling you, but that's a lot of businesses just threw money at BLM. I'm telling you, just here, take it. So this is just like the new extortion racket. Yeah. Here, that's let me throw you is. some money. It's like protection. Yes. Here's your protection money. Leave us alone. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, take man. It. Yeah, well, well, here's, here's the envelope. Go get your envelope. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movie is she going to oh. make? She don't, have, she don't have any history of movies? That that's what any? I thought. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, what? You, I, that's what I'm saying. Come on, man. <laughs> right. Come okay, on. okay. So she was. So they they weren't suckers. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, exactly what they were doing. You throw it in a pile. Just say, "Oh, it didn't work out." Throw it in a pile of uh, all the movies that don't work out every year. All the stuff that go bust every year. Write it off or whatever. All right. You know, Avery. I'm telling you, man. You just saw right through this one. You got it, man. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that. I thought my first thought was, "Oh, they got suckered," and Avery just called it. Nope. No. No. Sucker, no this was the plan. Yep. This was the plan. Uh, you're gonna celebrate Juneteenth this year, uh, a- Avery? Uh, no, I have I haven't yet, so probably not. Well, no, that's in June, though. I know, but you, are you are you gonna are you gonna you know Diego Juneteenth mean mean anything to you? I'm yeah, no, I'm 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 Aztec. You know what it is? I know I know what it is. It's the day. Wait, uh, for me if I'm wrong, but it's the day that uh, slaves in Texas found out they were free, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last slaves in the, in the, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, Scott's got a Juneteenth well, they, story. Yeah, they, they are celebrating in South Carolina. And a uh, South Carolina town's Juneteenth banner featuring white models <laughs> does not get received well. Uh, organizers of a uh, South Carolina town's Juneteenth celebration decided in the name of diversity, in the name of diversity, to use white people on one of its banners. For an event celebrating the end of slavery, which caused outrage among black residents. And initially, the organization stood by its banner campaign, which features people of an array of races featuring uh, celebrating Juneteenth. After massive backlash, they've now apologized for the faux pas, according to the uh, Daily Mail. The, the cast the cast of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, this was an... This error was an attempt at uniting all of Greenville, and therefore a slight oversight on one individual's part that prevented us from fully embracing the rich potential and celebrating the depth of the black culture through the message and meaning of Juneteenth. We take full responsibility for this misstep. I wish, this is the one where I just want to be, I wish that I could have been at the meeting where they decided this. I mean, how did that decision come about? You got a bunch of... <laughs> who, who, who okayed this idea? Right. Yeah. You know what would be really... Hey, Harry, you know what would really be good this year? Why don't we get in on this Juneteenth thing? I know what would be good. Let's let's put some... Let's let's make it inclusive. We all should celebrate. Let's let's put some some diverse models up yeah. there. When they, when, when they pitched it, the guy was on the phone. He just, he just said, yeah, 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 whatever. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> No, hold on, wait, wait a minute, wait, no, hold on, what? The guy was already no, wait, going. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, come back. Uh, Barbie and Ken. I'm listening Barbie, now. Let's put Barbie and Ken up as models yeah. for for <laughs> Juneteenth. This will work out fine, trust me. Oh, You know what else is in June? Father's Day. Yeah. Oh, you say that like... Avery, you hiding something here? No, I'm not hiding anything. Father, no, no, nobody cares about Father's Day. It just go, it comes and goes. <laughs> Mother's Day is a whole big to do. Yeah, well, this year Father's Day is going to be a little bit different. Now people do care about it, and you know why? I know people care about it. Scott has the perfect Father's Day gift. 
Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, who has, uh, have you heard of Goop? Yeah, Anybody that's that of? site that she runs all that expensive crap out of. It's supposed to be like buy. a healthcare site, I think. Is that right? Like yeah, a, yeah, it's okay. it's her it's her like she look she makes a ton of money on this thing, this goop site. She right. sells all kind of stuff there. So she uh, once said she'd rather die than let her kids eat cup of soup, but it looks like she has no hesitations about a Father's Day sex toy that she's going to sell on her health food site. Uh, in a new gift guide for Father's Day posted on her infamous wellness website, Goop, which again, I'd never heard of. I was, this is even more disgusting than. I give him credit for it because I thought Goop was something else. The uh, Health Halcyon includes a $219 prostate vibrator for Daddy Dearest. The uh, sleek product called Hugo, which has a name, is made by the self-described luxury sex toy company Lilo. Uh, the sexy time playthings subtle description reads, quote, yes, we did put a vibrator in this gift guide. It's hands-free. It's a hands-free toy. For prostate stimulation, two hundred and nineteen dollars. You said. That's well, you it's a problem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> how much did you pay for? How, how much did you pay for yours, Diego? Definitely focused on. This one, no, 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 no. This one touts its powerful vibrating motor and eight intensity settings. Does yours have that? As well as an insertable head that reportedly delivers satisfying vibrations to the perineum. You can look that up. Uh, with help from a remote control and apparently the flick of a wrist. The and it's waterproof. spend money on, man. Well, it's waterproof. That's a, that's a good marriage, man, if your wife give you that for Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we getting ready to go crazy tonight. We getting ready to go. Don't do No, don't make plans. Don't make plans. <laughs> <laughs> don't make, and don't eat, a big, don't eat a big lunch either. <laughs> oh my oh for Father's Day this is what Father's Day this is what Father's Day for Father's Day for fathers who don't have children or potentially a wife yeah. <laughs> okay then thank you uh, Scott We've that's why I'm here <laughs> oh I have another story this was in the New York Post, I believe. No, this was actually in Fox News. Oh, Avery, this is right up your alley, bro. Listen, there's a story. You can go check out the pictures on this one. You, you, you're going to want to see the pictures on this one. There's pictures on this one. Divorced best friends announce when dating men, they come as a package deal. Marissa Barker, 30, Patty Kulak, 27, have declared themselves to be platonic soulmates after they were both divorced. They're making a new life for themselves as live-in friends who see each other through thick and thin. They live together. They're both divorced. But they say that any prospective men they date need to be aware that these two women come as a package deal. Now, I'm not quite sure how this package is all tied up here, but they want men to know if you date one, you get the other. Yeah, I, I think I know how they mean it, but it's going to be a lot of misunderstandings. Cause, <laughs> 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 
they, I, I think they mean like we're so close that you know you, you keep we're going to be in each other's lives no matter what. You're not going to get rid. But it sounds like the way you mean it. And a relationship. A lot of misunderstandings. A lot of misunderstandings. That's crazy. They look okay. <laughs> they look okay. Hey, I, I, they look good enough for me to risk the misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Hey, hey. Uh, w. Another loser. <laughs> Y'all got to be w- more clear. <laughs> WABC Talk Radio 77 on Saturday morning radio extravaganza on Memorial Day weekend. Coming back. Don't go away. More of your phone calls ahead. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, who had a birthday yesterday. You know this. Dreams. Let's head back to the telephones, Pete, in New Jersey. You've been on hold for a while. Thank you, my friend, for waiting, Pete. We appreciate you. Hey, how you doing, Bo? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Pete? I know you love music. And a few weeks ago, you were talking about uh, Stevie Wonder, how great he is about uh, being able to write great songs and produce great songs. And I was just wondering if if you're aware of a person named Ryan Tedder of One Republic, because I think he's the new Stevie Wonder in that quality, because One Republic songs make me feel good, and that's the story of music, is to make people feel good. Uh, now, I'm familiar like with opinion. One Republic. I'm familiar with One Republic, but I'm not familiar. What is his name again, please? Ryan Tedder. Okay, Ryan Tedder. Google him, and he wrote songs for almost every all top people like Beyonce, Adele, Pink. I mean, he's he's like writing songs uh, for other people. Ellie Goulden, I think that's what her name is. And he just writes all these songs and writes all these songs, and he produces songs and uh, like Maroon Five. I want to love somebody. He wrote that song. Oh, nice. Yes. Check him out. And I know, and I know you love music. And your you playlist, know I do. And your playlist is uh, is my. I love all the music that you play, but I think you should, add, you know, in your bumper music, you should do put a little One Republic in because it's. I very will definitely take this. I'll take the suggestion. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And thank you for waiting, Pete. I really appreciate your patience. Thank you. Let's go to Saratoga and Rocco. Rocco, how are you? Welcome. You're on WABC. 
Hey, great. I'm a first-time listener. Definitely not the last time, James. Outstanding radio. This is the way radio used to be. I know it's engaging. It invokes a response on every topic you bring up. I mean, it's smart. It's witty. It's intelligent. Love it. Okay? Use Thank that you. A promo. Use it. It is. It's true. I, I, now, are you on during the week, too, or just the week? I am on the week every day, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right here on WABC with Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. Great. Is it a similar type format, or is Saturday you loosen it it's up? It's quick. Saturday we loosen it up a bit, but it's kind of, we look, it's the same in a way because it's me and the gang, and we all just, and we do our thing during the week and, and on the uh, on the weekends too, so yeah. So please listen in. We're here six days a week. This Saturday we have three hours. On the, on uh, Monday through Friday we're on from four to five. Right after us, John Katzmatidis and Rita Cosby come on. So yeah, we have a great time. And Rudy Giuliani is on before me on the week. So you just tune in. Keep WABC with you all the time. But thank you for such wonderful comments. What did you call about, uh, uh, Rocco? What's on your mind? I wanted to honor our veterans. We also give uh, veterans a, a big hug and appreciation. It's one weekend a year. It's the least we can do, and maybe we could do a little bit more the rest of the year. As far as VA hospitals, Kingsbridge Road, big, enormous VA complex there. Uh, multiple buildings, all stages of VA needs are being met there. I don't know how well it's run overall, but it's there, right on Kingsbridge Road in the Bronx. And my old, my old hangout, before that, I was in Jackson Houses in the South Bronx, okay? And I want to give a shout-out to Sid Bernstein, too. He does a great show. He had Teddy Atlas on yesterday, you know, the uh, boxing trainer and all. He's done mm-hmm. it for 50 years. He mentioned my uncle, Cus D'Amato. You know, he trained Mike Tyson. He trained Floyd Patterson. He's in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Actually, Mike, because of that, you know, he adopted Mike Tyson, right? I know. I know. I didn't know. Yeah, we. I know who your uncle is. I mean, I know of him, of course, from reading. In fact, I saw some Mike Tyson videos recently on YouTube. And your uncle was in it. And I'm telling you, Mike Tyson, this was back when he was knocking people out in the first round and whatever, man. Great, man. Thank you, Rocco. We really appreciate your call. Thank you for your very kind words, and I hope you do indeed stay with us. Robert in Suffolk, New York. How are you, Robert? Hi, I'm okay, Bo. And uh, let's remember all our veterans who sacrificed for us over this weekend. Absolutely. I'm told about uh, Troy Patterson, NYPD officer and now detective. He died on April 30th. He was shot 33 years ago by three thugs. And they have not been arrested to my knowledge. I followed up with this. To the police department, the NYPD. They said it's under investigation. This is felony murder with special circumstances, killing a police officer. What's to investigate? Where, where did they say the investigation is? That's all they said. We're just we're still investigating. They haven't. That's all the information they have. Yeah, they said it's is under it investigation. An, yeah, but you don't know whether it's an active cold case or whether it's you. you we, that's all. It's under investigation. Yeah, it's a cold case. 
because he was in a coma for 33 years. So the case was dropped, and then he died while in the coma. He never came out of it. Officer Troy Patterson and these three thugs were arrested, charged, convicted, uh, various crimes like uh, assault of a police officer, uh, gun charges. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't gotten But back the charges to the were never upgraded. The charges were never yeah. upgraded to homicide after after he passed. That's what you're saying? Yes. Because there's okay. no statute of limitations on this type of case. That's exactly right. This case has to get attention, Bo. You just gave it attention. And God bless you and thank you for that. Appreciate it. Robert, we're at the end of our number duo. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We're going to get more of your telephone calls in. We're also going to talk to attorney Keith Wilford in this coming hour. There's a Supreme Court case that has amazing ramifications for people in New York. Also, America's Small, Caffeinated Mom, going to join us. All of that in the third hour of Bo Snirley's Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza here on WABC. Keep it right here. Don't go away. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. I'm just reading, my friends, through a story that was in the Daily Mail, crime-ridden Los Angeles brings back its zero-bail policy. A judge did this. Okay, lock him up, let him go. Lock him up, let him go. It's not fair to charge people bail if they can't afford it. We should let them out of jail if they can't afford to pay bail. This is what passes for justice in America these days. Along with what goes on at the FBI, the DOJ, the two-tier justice system. It's it's almost as if we live in completely different universes than the left. We see what has happened to city after city with this rise in criminality, this unchecked criminality. I saw another story uh, yesterday. Um, I think it was Old Navy is going to sh- pull out of San Francisco. So many, uh, downtown San Francisco, like so many other big retailers now, Downtown San Francisco is turning into a ghost town because of all the crime, the drugs, and stores. And, and We've had enough. We cannot compete with this shoplifting, this endless shoplifting that goes on. We cannot keep our doors open. And yet, what do you get from the people that are tasked with protecting society? You get stories like this, another judge a lefty judge out in L.A. decides unilaterally, okay, let them out. Because poor people that can't afford bail shouldn't have to stay in jail. That's the logic. It makes zero sense. Now, I'm going to get back to the phones. Usually I do some more, but we're going to talk with Keith Wilford soon, attorney, about a case that the Supreme Court decided that has ramifications for New York City and New York State particularly in New York City.
So that's going to come up. But I want to grab a few other calls. People have been waiting a long time. Joanne in New Jersey, thank you for waiting and welcome. We appreciate the wait. How are you, Joanne? Yeah. Hi, Bo. Um, yeah, I want to uh, I want to introduce you to a guitarist who I think, and many of us think, is the best who ever strapped on a guitar, and that is Gary Moore, M O O R E. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He played with Thin Lizzy. That's the most famous uh, group he played with, and then he went on his own. And um, the Messiah will come again is a uh, a cover he did, which if you if you you have to watch it you have to watch how he plays and it's the only his 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 songs make me cry he's the only blues guitarist that's made me cry um his name give me his name one more time please i'm writing this down gary gary g a r y more and for mary o o r e okay i will okay, definitely so I, check him out you said he used to play with ten lizzie right Yes, and if you listen to and look at on YouTube, the Messiah will come again. Okay. That's one of his big ones. And he also did one called Stand Up, which is both of them apropos for now, for these times. Wow. I saw the line, the greatest guitar player ever, and I'm like, okay, who can this be? You know, I, I had someone asked me yesterday, we had a caller that asked me uh, who was better, whether it was, um, who was it? It was. A uh, choice between Lindsey Buckingham and Van Halen, and I'm like, how am I going to choose between them? No, I can't. And 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 then I started thinking about, well, who's the? I asked yesterday, who's the greatest guitar player ever? And I reached the conclusion there is never going to be an answer, except you just said Gary Moore. I'm going to give him a listen, but so many different styles. I remember the first time I was in Seattle at the time, and I was at a friend's house. And my friend's dad, who was an older man at the time, gee, I can't believe I'm probably as old as he was. Then. Anyway, he said, man, he said, come, come, young man, I want you to listen to someone. And he sat me down, and for about an hour and a half, he played me the music of Django Reinhardt. And are you familiar with Django Reinhardt, Diego? Oh, you have got to listen to this guy. 1930s, French, Django Reinhardt who, by the way, was minus some fingers, did not have all of his fingers. And it was mind, mind blown. There are always so many great musicians. And so I so appreciate your call. Um, and, and there's no one person that can know everybody. So when people call, and I'm glad you all call, and tell me about who you th- people that you like so I can check them out. We're always learning and always um, being turned on to music is one of the thrills that I have in life, being turned on to new music, even if it's new old music. So thank you. So appreciate it, Joanne. Let's go to Rich in Long Island. How are you, Rich? Good morning, both. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. What's on your mind? One. Two, I think his line must have went dead. Or it went I'm mute. August, okay, what happened? I'm sorry. August 8th of 21, the day Marissa DeRosa uh, resigned from office. Um, the first plane of migrants invading New York 
landed in Westchester. Now, that's the Rob Astorino story along with the New York Post. And on um, August 11th, Andrew Cuomo gave his two-week resignation that he would no longer be the governor of New York. He left August 25th. Andrew Cuomo was in charge, not Kathy Hochul. Andrew Cuomo was in charge, and he never one time mentioned the plan he had for the migrants. He's been given hour after hour after hour on this radio station. He's talked about migrants coming up to New York, but he didn't talk about his plan. The question is, why did he not tell us that the migrants were coming to New York while he was the governor? And it is a great question. And I hope if Mr. Cuomo is going to make a future appearances on WABC, that that is among the questions that he is asked directly so that he can provide a direct answer. And I know Janice Dean and others were still not happy with the answers he gave about the nursing homes. And there are a lot of questions that still remain about nursing homes. So I think it's very useful that Andrew Cuomo is is being asked questions on this radio station. And perhaps he'll be back, and perhaps people, good people like yourself, Rich, will ask the questions that need to be answered. And this whole this whole business with these migrants and these flights, and Ron Astorino did amazing work bringing that to our attention here. But that whole issue isn't over either. We've got time for one. Thank you for holding, and thank you for waiting, Rich. Time for one more quickly from Baltimore. It's Kathy. How are you, Kathy? Thank you for waiting. I'm good, Bo. How are you? Do you hear good, me? Thank you. Yes, Kathy. Okay. I just wanted to tell you that Save the Last Dance for Me was written by Doc Pumas, who was wheelchair bound. And it puts a whole new perspective on that beautiful song. Oh, my goodness. He was wheelchair bound when he wrote that song? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. Right. That so, is amazing. Read it how, again how you, and how listen you... to it in that. How do I know that? that? It was on Cousin Brucey. Oh, I love that. And it was on Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey's on tonight. He's got a documentary. I mean, there is a documentary on Doc Pumas, who I really don't know anything about, but I do know the story about him writing this song. Wow. That doesn't have anything to be men being idiots or anything like that. It's really a beautiful song. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing that with us. WABC Talk Radio 77. We're coming back. Keith Wilford's going to join us when we get back. Don't go away. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. You can dance. Every dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, every smile for the man who held your hand beneath the pale light. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Oh, I know, oh, I know that the music's yes, fine, like sparkling oh, wine. Go and have your yes, fun. I know. Oh, I know. Laugh and sing. Yes, I know. But while we're oh, apart, don't give your heart to anyone. Oh, but yes, don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. 
Wow. Now that we have the backstory, that really does make a difference and adds to the profundity of that song. What a great call. Thank you again. That, uh, that wow. On the phone with us, attorney, the man who should be the attorney general of New York State, he ran against Letitia James. Sadly, sadly, liberals chose otherwise, and we have Letitia James instead of Keith Wilford. Keith Wilford was with us. And wow, Keith, the Supreme Court this week, a unanimous ruling. We don't see that too often. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday that state and local governments that seize and sell the homes of people with unpaid property tax and then keep all the proceeds well beyond the amount owed. They they said this is unconstitutional. It violates the takings clause. What can you tell us about this case and the ramifications for New York? So, James, good morning. And this is pretty important because there's a practice out here that not a lot of people knew about or paid attention to called home equity theft. Uh, What's most shocking about home equity theft is that the thief, in this case, is the government. So here's how it works. Let's say you owe $10,000 in property taxes, but your house is worth a million bucks. If you don't pay, the government forecloses on your house, which everybody understands. But instead of just keeping the ten grand that the government owes, or that you're owing the government, the government keeps the entire million bucks and gives you nothing. Now that sounds like a ripoff. It sounds illegal, but until Thursday, when the Supreme Court fixed it, it was actually legal in a lot of places. Uh, and so, because of this decision, now it's illegal. So, look, this case, like all of these cases, was egregious. The plaintiff was a 94-year-old black woman who fell behind on her taxes when she moved to an assisted living facility. County took a property, they sold it, they kept all the money, and that money was over twice as much as she owed the government. So the county won against this poor woman in the lower courts and made this courageous young woman fight all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, it's hard to overstate the impact of this, James, because, as you said, all nine justices, that it was a taking that was unconstitutional and violated the Fifth Amendment. Now, New York, because they never you know, miss out on a chance to take people's money or property, uh, has been doing this for years, and we've been talking about it for years and saying it was unconstitutional, but the city has fought us. We've been suing them. Uh, they fought us. They got one of the lower court judges to throw it out. We had to get it reversed up at the Second Circuit. Now they're still fighting us years later, and it's the same situation. The government taking property, usually from black and brown people, usually older senior citizens who worked and saved all their lives. And we're hoping now that this case, where all nine justices said, liberals and conservative, that this is completely illegal, we hope New York City can can come around to ending this and, and making those plaintiffs whole. Well, let me ask you a question. When you say we, you you are working with a group of lawyers to do this. Uh is this something that Letitia James, our attorney general, has shown any interest in at all? No, not yet. I mean, we we certainly would have welcomed that, but no, she is not. Frankly, nor is and, any of the rest of the state government. Because look, let's let's be honest. I mean, New York's program is 
almost even worse than the regular approach. Instead of the state or the city just keeping the money, what they do is they hand people's houses to nonprofits they pick. So we, we can see how corrupt that looks, right? Uh, they say it's for affordable housing, but, you know, even if you believe affordable housing programs that the government puts together are a good thing, even if you believe in that, why would you do that on the backs of, you know, black and brown senior citizens who have saved all their lives? I mean, it just it's just a pretty backwards thing, and we, we're working really hard to stop it, James. Now, I'm sure that some people uh, hearing you are saying, wait a minute, do they only do this against black and brown people? Why is that? Can you explain a minute why the racial component comes into this? Well, you look, a lot of it has to do with neighborhoods whose values have increased a lot. You, you've had, you know, neighborhoods that were historically challenged, uh, predominantly black and brown, where because we got crime under control under Giuliani and Bloomberg, you know, those neighborhoods turned around. And now the, the residents there who stuck it out through all the tough years, all the bad years, they have pretty valuable assets, uh, but they don't always have a lot of cash flow because they're still working class regular folks. And so disproportionately, this is happening in those communities that are black and brown. And, and frankly, those people don't have lawyers. I mean, remember, in this case in the Supreme Court, a 94-year-old woman had to fight all the way to the Supreme Court to get the court to say something that to most people is obvious, which is you can't take property without paying for it. Right. Now, what happens, look, what happens, the Supreme Court ruled, you would think that the city and the state would say, uh-oh, uh, this is this has happened, let's let's get this off the books immediately, let's let's settle. Yeah, what happens to people who've already had their property taken? Do they get another bite at the apple? Do they get a chance now with the Supreme Court ruling to get their property back or at least the value of their property? Or going forward, what happens to the people that are still under litigation here? Well, look, uh, we have a pending litigation. We are going to ask for a class action, which is basically a ruling by the court that everybody similarly situated can participate in the outcome of the lawsuit. Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen soon. Uh, hopefully the courts will rule on that. And, and so some of those people who have been affected uh, will be able to get some redress from the courts. For people for whom this happened a long time ago, you know, not as sure, James. They, they may have a problem. They may have an issue. But certainly for, for those who the courts allow us to get redress, we're, we're going to try to get that. I mean, the fact of the matter is we need to get redress for the people who have been hurt for this, but the city also needs to end this, and the other municipalities in the state who are doing this need to just stop doing it. I, I don't think it could be more clear than a 9-0 decision from this Supreme Court. All right, I, I want to throw you a curveball, and, and sorry if it is. One of the decisions that the Supreme Court made that I still find incredibly disturbing was the Keto decision. When they came in, they, this involved, uh, if I remember correctly, a, a, this woman had, uh, and her husband or whoever, they had a property in Connecticut, I believe it was, and it was a waterfront pop property. The state declared eminent domain, took their property away, gave it to a developer, and she fought it. She said, this is my property. She ended up losing the case in the Supreme Court, and to this day, from what I understand, nothing ever happened to her property. They stole her property. The developer never finished developing on it that was handpicked by the city. 
or, or this that that municipality. And to me, this was just kind of open and shut. How do you do this? How do you take people's private property and then give it to somebody else that you're a political crony? Do you think that there is hope in the future that that issue might be revisited by the Supreme Court? It's very similar to me to this. They take your property under using the power of state government. Take your property, don't give you what you value for the property, and then give the property to someone else. I thought it was egregious. Uh, Do you think that there's a chance that that will ever be addressed? So, James, you're referring to the notorious Kelo decision. So Kelo is the, the same amendment, same consideration of overreach of government power, but a, a different theory. So, so the issue in Kelo that you point out correctly was that the government took someone's property, and the question there was that the Fifth Amendment says not only do you have to pay just compensation, but it also says that you're supposed to take property for a public purpose not just, you know, to give it to your buddies. Uh, The Supreme Court, unfortunately, in that case, decided that handing something to a private developer was enough of a public purpose that it was allowed under the Fifth Amendment. I suspect that that decision, which, as I said, is notorious in many circles, is going to get revisited. That is, there are a lot of folks out here who say that there's a reason that the words in the Fifth Amendment are there, that the government can't just wake up and decide to take your property for whatever reason. Uh, They can't take it for nothing. They actually have to pay for it. Uh, And and that those words actually mean something. And so I think this court is is much more awake to the concept that you have to hew a little bit toward, you know, what the Constitution actually says and not just have a bunch of politicians wake up one day and rip off people's property that they've worked and slaved for. Well, I certainly hope, and thank you for the good work. I'm going to thank you for the good work on behalf of these people who are, as you said, a lot of working-class people who have worked all their lives. They're now elderly. I've come across so many stories lately that are just disturbing about the way that the elderly are being treated in this country There was a case a few weeks ago that I talked about a woman in hospice, Keith, dig this, in hospice, in her 90s, with dementia, was thrown off of the medical program and booted out of the assisted living facility she was living in because, I guess, Medicaid or Medicaid, whichever one it is, the federal program decided that she was no longer eligible. And they just threw this woman out in the street. And I don't know how any moral society, any moral government can justify treating senior citizens like this. People who, and this woman was in hospice, and it didn't stop these bureaucrats from just throwing this woman in out into the street. I don't understand how that kind of thing happens in America. You know, James, look, it's, we're just in a very difficult time where you, you have a lot of the, the government and it seems to work on remote control or autopilot. You know, they, they get it into their heads that certain things are okay, even if they're extremely unfortunate, and they, they just start doing things out of repetition. I mean, let's look at this, again, this TPT or third-party transfer program where they take the homes away. This was the 13th or 14th round of doing this. And you know, we, we've gone to them for years and said, you, you got to stop it. This isn't right. 
uh, you know, give these people their property back. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, some of these people entered entertainment agreements with the city, James, <laughs> after the city took their homes or claimed to have taken their homes and said that, well, we entered an agreement with you, but but we still took it. Sorry. Uh, that, that sort of stuff just has to stop. And it's the bureaucracy that just loses touch with what's going on with everyday people and, and what they're doing. Wow. Well, I'm certainly glad, and I'm sure that the people that you're representing are certainly glad that there is someone fighting for them. And I hope that this case draws so much attention that finally, finally, somebody with a modicum of morality, fairness, and wanting to do the right thing decides it's time to stop this madness and actually treat people like human beings and not think it's okay to, you said it, this is a theft. This is stealing the property of senior citizens who have worked for their, who have worked all their lives, contributed all their lives, and yet they're being treated like worse than dirt by their own government. And thank goodness there are people like you, Keith, that are absolutely standing up for these people. And I'd love for you to come back and keep us updated as to what happens here. Look, we'll keep you updated. Quick uh, thank you to the other firms who are working with us on this. You know, it's been a long road. We believe that, you know, the the clear indication for the state court means that the the lower courts are going to rule in the right way and, and, you know, resolve these cases. And hopefully the the city and the state will finally get out of their own way and and stop doing something. So, frankly, it's just evil. They need to stop doing it and they need to make a definitive statement. But thank you, James. And Hopefully everybody hearing about this will, you know, call their congressman, call their city council person, and say enough already. Thank you. And we'll be talking with you and and stay updated as to the progress. Keith Wilford, thank you, the man who should be our attorney general. Thank you. We appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks, James. Have a great one. You too. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Coming back, ladies and gentlemen, the... Saturday morning radio extravaganza will continue. More of your telephone calls and America's small caffeinated mom coming up right after this. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. It's Pat Metheny, the Pat Metheny Group. This was the first record that I had ever record. Huh. First, back then it was. It was a vinyl record. But this is the first record that I ever heard from Pat Metheny. And I stopped in my chest like, who is this? The name of the song is Jocko. This is a tribute song to the amazing bass player Jocko Pistorius. Pat Metheny Group on WABC. Hoping indeed you're having a beautiful Saturday and that you will have a great Memorial Day weekend. And of course, honor and gratitude for the 
members of the American military who from the beginning have given their lives so that this country could be a free republic. Back to your telephones in a moment. America's small caffeinated mom also coming up. Scott has another story. You know, I want to uh, preface this. I've given this some thought. Now, remember how I said you had said what's next when we were talking about you know that we go from gay marriage to the um, I'm trying to get the slope timeline together here, which seemed innocent enough to our you the know, transgender the transgender yep. thing to the mm-hmm. grooming the children to the da da da. And I said I thought bestiality was the next thing. Right. I think they've test marketed that, and that hasn't gone over very well. <laughs> okay. okay. So I think the new next thing is. <gasps> really? Yes, because there's been a Wait, number that, of stories. I think the new next thing, the new liberal social cause, is going to be polygamy. Uh, there's oh, been a bunch of stories about it over the past like two weeks. Wow, that's my that's my new that's my next. That's where I think. Okay, so I think that's next? what they're trying next. I think that's they're they're going to dabble in that and see how that sticks. Okay, so next is going to be polygamy. Yes, which leads us to our story. I love being in a thruple. We share a king-size bed, but no jealousy. So uh, two's a company and three's a crowd. A thruple from northern Colorado is opening up about the perks of being in a three-way romance and claims it isn't much different from a traditional monogamous relationship. Wait a minute. Okay, so being in a three-way is not much different than being committed to one person. That's what they say. I, I think it's okay. like that. I, it's like that show Big Love on HBO, right? I've never seen. I, I, I've never seen Big Love. It was a good uh, show. T- tell me about well, Big Love is the Mormon thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's what you're talking about, right? Oh, oh, this is the guy that has all the wives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like they slept in. A, and that he had. He he had three houses lined up, and every wife lived in a house, and he just went from house to house on different nights and with a schedule and everything. It wasn't at all how you would picture it. Wait a minute. I missed this show. I didn't see this show at all. It was a great show. Good. It, it was on for a long time. Bill this, guy had th- this guy you're saying had three different houses. Yeah. And in each house, was there a, was a wife. Was a wife. He E-I-E-I-O. Had, yeah, with, with, like, kids and everything. He had three and, families. And, they were and all, with that wife, there came some kids. Yeah. E-I-E-I-O. Yeah, and they were all one big, huge family. They all knew about each other because it was like, you know, but it was it was separate. It, was nothing to, it wasn't together. It wasn't like orgies or nothing. And so what happens when the kids had birthdays? Do they all get together, yep. all, all yep. the thing, yep. and they all? Yep, yep. And me and my half-brothers and sisters, we all just have a wonderful thing going on here. One big happy family. You better be Bill Gates, I'm telling you. Well, Alana, Kevin, and Megan have been together for two years, and they do everything together from triple spooning to going on dates and adventurous outings. And despite what some might assume about having multiple romantic problems, they claim they don't get jealous. Quote, we all sleep together in a king-size bed, and we often switch around or take turns sleeping on one another each night. We we have intimate moments, one-on-one, as well as all together, and uh, we don't get jealous of one another. Oh, a lot yeah, of who owns an online boutique told uh, Need to Know Online. It's, this is something different. 
Yeah. In fact, we uh, we do not uh, experience jealousy in our relationship at all. We just all do our best to give equal attention to each partner. Ooh. Yeah, the, poly- the poly- polyamorous. See, and that oh, that's the other thing. They're not going to call it polygamy. They're going to call it polyamory. Is yeah, because polygamy poly- is like actual marriage, like legal marriage, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, I would think it is. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So the polyamorous. Poly- poly- Polyamorous. Is that right? Okay. Polyamorous partnership began after Alana, who is bisexual, see, so we're progressing, asked Kevin, a product manager, to sign her up for a dating app called 3Fun so she could explore her sexuality. Wait a minute. There's a dating app with this called 3Fun? I guarantee you you, the women don't look like you think they do. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a wildebeest today. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm telling you, it is Wait not... a minute. But why would a, uh, um, why would a why would a guy sign on if there's a wildebeest in the in the herd? I don't. I I because just, some I, some guys like them big like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You, you, well. People think porno when they think like that scenario, but I'm telling you, it's probably not that way. You know, our society is getting stranger and stranger. I, I I wonder if we are at the point of no return some days. I just I just just wonder where so Scott, you think that you said this is a uh, you've seen other articles like this over the past few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I just I've heard other people reading stories similar to this. I right? heard Dolly Parton was into this. Really? What? Dolly Parton. Yeah. At her age? Yeah. Doesn't seem healthy. I heard. That, well, I mean, she didn't just start t- yesterday. Oh, okay. So, she's been. Yeah, she's been. Yeah. Well, I heard. She, I heard she, she's into she, Ken Rogers and George Strait. She ain't no wildebeest, but nope, I mean, nope. Well, we're three hardcore snugglers. We effing get down, says Kevin in the clip, which has garnered over three hundred thousand likes. I bet. Wow. I All right. So you think of the good. You, everybody think of the good. I'm telling you, you don't think of the bad. I'm not. Does everybody really think this is good? Let's. No, I think I think you, you, I think you think Who of said the it's good. good. I don't think it's good. No, I think you think of the good. You don't think of the bad. Oh, part of, of the it. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know a. I know a thruple. You know a thruple? <laughs> yeah, my friend. They keep it. I'm not going to call them out fully on the air, but yeah, they keep it down low. It's kind of not really a big deal. It's just kind of hanging out all together. I think it's impossible for the women not to get jealous of each other eventually. At some I never point. said they were all women. Oh, man. Don't do that. Oh, Diego. Oh, really? Really? Oh. O-M. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the telephone. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're going to go back to... And that's to, the end uh, of that conversation. <laughs> going to go back to the phones and... Dolores in New Jersey, thank you for being so patient and for waiting. How are you, Dolores? Hi, good morning. And a shout-out to all the veterans and all those passed away serving our country. My father among them, rest his soul. May his memory be a blessing. But today what I want to talk about, if you want to listen to me, is what we're going to be eating over the weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And just as every day you have to be mindful of what you're eating, So there's a lot going on in the food industry, 
And a lot of it has to do when there's some bills in Congress. I can't rattle off the numbers the way I expected I would, but they're going to be vaccinating all, not all, but as many as they can of cattle and pork products with the modified RNA. I mean, the name is Moderna. The name says it all. Moderna, modified RNA. I mean, bad enough. Um, and where, where just, 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 hold on, hold on. I just want to know where are you getting this information from? So I like to browse different off-media um, webs, um, like TikTok, there's Rumble, there's BitChute, um, and people come on and different farmers come on, the cattle ranchers come on, and they talk about how the farm is um, being destroyed from these bills and the carbon imprints and blaming the cows for the carbon being ex- ex- um, excreted into the environment. And so they just, all these farmers get on and the chickens, you know, complaining about their chickens were not laying eggs because of a certain food products. So you have the different insecticides, which are supposed to work and make a huge grain for the, um, for the people. But here's the point that I've always thought about over the years. If the friggin' insects don't like the product, if it keeps the insects from eating these grains, why do we have to get stuck eating something that the insects don't even want to eat? I mean, granted, it's like, wow, we have a full crop. Look at all these food we can eat. But they're not paying attention to how the food is being changed. Some of the products, if you, products, if you look at the back of the um, processed food, they're saying right on it, they're labeling it, genetically modified ingredients. Yeah, GMOs. So being labeled. Right. Now, a GMO. few weeks ago, okay, Dolores, a few weeks ago we had Dr. Peter Michalos on with us, and he t- he talked extensively about the difference between what European countries allow in their food supply and what we are allowing here. I would love to invite Dr. Michalos to come back with us. The only thing I'm going to say is I asked you a question of where you were getting this information about Moderna, being injected into the food supply through cattle and through poultry, and you did not give me the the answer I was looking for. Okay, here is the source. So I want to just be careful before I start making claims about specific products that that information is sourced because it's too important not to source it and not to have people be able to go look and verify if the information that you're telling us is true. Not that I doubt your intentions or what you're saying. We know that GMOs are out here. We know it. As you said, some foods are even labeled. But before we start talking about specific products, I want to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row, so to speak, we, even the unvaccinated ducks. Went out uh, and actually- I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop you there because we're running up against the clock. Dolores, thank you for waiting and thank you for sharing. And we hope to hear back from you, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Coming back, America's small caffeinated mom is going to join us. And also more of your calls, so don't go away. 
Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Patrice brings us back. You know, I didn't cover the story um, about Mr. and Mrs. Z. A lot of Tina Turner fans were upset because apparently in one of their uh, recordings, Mr. and Mrs. Z apparently mocked the abuse that Tina Turner went through with Ike. Of course, uh, Beyonce was on the stage, Mrs. Z, last night, apparently, or, or since the announcement of Tina Turner's death, declaring how she wouldn't be on the stage, blah, 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 if it wasn't for Tina Turner, put your hands together for Tina. But apparently a lot of Tina Turner's fans are really upset that Mr. and Mrs. Z have in the past mocked the, do- the domestic abuse that happened in Tina Turner and Ike's relationship. America's small caffeinated mom is with us. Hello, Rhonda. Good morning, James. Good morning, team, and good morning to the rest of America. How are you? I'm very good. So what have you decided to grace us with by way of an essay on this Memorial Day weekend? Well, I was thinking a lot this week about uh, the meaning of Memorial Day and why we observe it. And I thought of Arlington National Cemetery, hundreds of thousands of our fallen are buried there. And I just just kind of pictured those rows of of white stones, each one having a name. And I decided to, I was either wildly foolish or extraordinarily brave. And with that picture in the forefront of my mind, I just went through some of the headlines. And you have covered a lot of those headlines that I found this week um, the L.A. Dodgers and their um, pride celebration, the uh, trans teens holding their first prom at the Capitol. I don't know if you spoke about that. Uh, Target, of course, with their tech-friendly swimwear and their partnership with a uh, an openly satanic designer who says that Satan respects pronouns and that he loves us. Uh, Then I saw a piece about a satanic temple in Florida that is collecting donations for an LGBT kids camp in Florida, and it's part of their satanic good works campaign. If there is a greater oxymoron, James, I have never tripped over it. And I'm looking at all of this with a picture of Arlington Cemetery in my mind, and I thought, surely... This is not what these brave men and women died for. They died in defense of freedom. And so I thought, well, what what is freedom? If it's worth dying for, then it has to be worth living for, and it has to be worth fighting for. So it came to me that freedom, the, the two pillars that uphold all true freedom are truth and love. And any individuals or institutions, whether it's government, private organizations, churches, anything, any individuals or institutions that are are grounded on truth and love and true freedom will be self-controlled. 
because they're governed by the law of love, love of God, love for other people, uh, love for their towns, their cities, their communities. And that kind of freedom and self-control always brings blessing and prosperity to those around them. The perversion of that is something called licentiousness, which is lacking uh, legal and moral restraint. It's what happens when when you live uh, from your baser appetites. Uh, okay, for instance, all of our sons were born with a human nature. I did not have to teach them to steal each other's toys, you know, to hit each other over the last cookie. I had to teach them not to. I had to teach them to be selfless, to be sharing and giving, because if I ha- if we had let that run amok, it would have caused chaos in our home, and that's what happens on a greater level in society. People who live from their baser instincts are not free, and they are not self-controlled, and when we are not self-controlled, we grasp or control of other people. And so that's one of the hallmarks that I look for, James, whether it's a a law that's being introduced, a group that's coming up with an agenda, are they promoting self-control or are they grasping for control of other people? You know, this is very much like the founders, Ron, what the founders said. And and, uh, forgive me, I'm having a mental blank right now of the exact quote. But it dealt with the fact that America could only survive if its people, and I'm paraphrasing, were righteous people, whether they whether they actually adhere to the same kind of things that you're talking about here, the responsibility, self-responsibility. The self-governance would work only for a just people. It would not work if there was not this underpinning that you talk about, which is, in your words, is love and truth. But it's the same thing, that this country was built to sustain itself, but in order to sustain itself, the people of the country had to have a certain code of morality, and that's where that's where you've gone with this. Yes, yes, and when that crumbles individually, it will begin to crumble locally, and that spreads until nationally that base and foundation is rotting and coming down. And that's what concerns me so much and why I talk about it so much. And I live it to the best of my ability, never perfectly, James, but to the best of my ability. And I apologize. I'm struggling with the cold. I heard that Derek was too. But that's my my passion for this country is to try to teach this, to model it. Because if fear and hatred are contagious, I believe that love and truth and joy are contagious too. And if I'm going to be if I'm going to be contagious, I want it to be with the good stuff. And I want my children to be infected, if you will, with the good stuff to Absolutely. carry it to, to their communities and their schools and workplaces. Rhonda, amazing. Where can we find your essay and where can we find you? Uh, the essay is up uh, at the dailybs.com. Always an honor, James. And on my website, too, I write throughout the week, rondashrock.com. Uh, I, want, I would like to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day, but I'm not sure if the word happy is appropriate. Yeah, I had a call case. about that. I say that we can because it is with happiness and with pride that we celebrate 
our, our okay. those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. It is with pride that okay. we do that I'm and with a sense of honor and respect. Yes, I'll, I agree with that. I will add one more word for those who are grieving still, peaceful, a peaceful Memorial Day for those who are feeling it. Amen to that. Thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate it. And we'll, we'll look to hearing from you next week. Get over your cold. Hope the all goes Thank well with you. that. Appreciate it. Okay. Love you. James Golden, a.k.a. Love you too, darling. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're going to grab some quick calls as we wrap up here on Saturday, our Saturday radio extravaganza. And let us start with Adam in Nassau County. Adam, how are you? Good morning, sir. How you doing today? Good, thank you. Yeah, I was just talking about the bail reform and in California that you was talking about. Um, yeah. You know, I understand what's going on in California, but what happened was Mr. A guy just got arrested for killing some guy, stabbing him for stealing his vehicle in Nassau County. And they gave him a, you know, they gave him a bail. They arrested him immediately. And they let Daniel Penny walk out of the precinct, sir. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out how you're having it both ways. It's not having and it I both like ways. William. There are degrees of Penny was not obviously premeditated, didn't go on that subway. He's not a flight risk, according to those who judge him. There are a lot of things that go into bail and the decisions. Are you a flight risk? Um, was your crime premeditated? Do you have a prior record? There are a lot of things that go into it, but in California, zero bail, zero, no bail on the basis that you're poor. That makes zero sense, Adam. Doesn't make sense to me whatsoever, and to I, I, and to a lot of other people, I'm sure. Thank you for the call. So appreciate you, John in Staten Island. You're up next. Hey. Good morning, Bo. I was just watching Fox, and yesterday I was in a local neighborhood over here up on um, Richmond Terrace. And uh, we're speaking about what the Mexican president's talking about. He's beating up on DeSantis, saying that he's thrown out the illegals. But isn't that what it's about? I mean, if they wanted to come and work in the fields, they have to have those green papers. Where are the, the Democrats? The green cards. Where, where are the Democrats, uh, like Nancy Pelosi said, are oh, the people who want to work, so we should give them the cards? Where was Nancy Pelosi and all Democrats filling out the forms for the people that legally wanted to come over to work? Well, you're talking about people... President Obador, and President Obador is an attack hound when it comes to Republicans. He can't stand DeSantis. He can't stand Trump, and he's been very vocal about it. He's all for the open borders. And why not? Why not? Because Mexico, as a country, benefits from having the so many people here and not there. So any effort to enforce our laws, those who enforce it, he rags them to high hell. But you look at Mexico's laws when it pertains to immigrants coming in from Central America. And nobody's ragging him about enforcing the laws of his country. A, funny how that works. Well, here we are at the end. It's been another incredible weekend with the crew. I have the best crew in radio. Scott, Avery, Diego, Danny, 
We'll be back next week on Saturday, but we're also here for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock. Love and gratitude for each and every one of you being here, for each and every one of you who called. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your family and loved ones. And a special thanks for those who gave their lives so that this country might prosper. We hope you have a peaceful and God-centered Memorial Day weekend. Bye.